This is Golf Talk Canada, Canada's only national golf talk radio and TV program. Presented by TaylorMade and the TP5 and 5X. Try it. What's the best that can happen? Learn more at TaylorMadeGolf.ca. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Zacchino, Bob Weeks, and Adam Scully. Good morning, Canada. Welcome inside GTC. Great to be live again here on TSN 1050. Adam Scully, Mark Sacchino, Bob Weeks joining momentarily on the line here. And another fun Wednesday edition of GTC. We're back now until noon. We're also on again at 1 p.m. on TSN 4. Busy show today. Mac Boucher going to join us, the most followed Canadian golfer on social media as well Davis Lamb who won on PGA Tour Canada he was the first Monday qualifier to ever ever win on PGA Tour Canada he'll join us later in the show but most importantly Mark how are you this morning I'm good I'm good you know it's funny because Peter Quest Monday qualified Detroit Rocket Mortgage and finished in a tie for fourth, I believe, a three-way tie for fourth. I don't have the leaderboard in front of me, but off the top of my head. And obviously the top 10 gets him into the John Deere Classic this week. And if he had finished a two-way T4 instead of a three-way T4, he would have received enough FedEx Cup points for temporary membership on the PGA Tour. One position, but that's how close he was. So... Pretty cool. I love the Monday qualifier story, right? Remember Corey Connors? I do remember Corey Connors very well. 2019 Valero Texas Open when he Monday qualified that week. Went on to win, of course, a berth into the Masters the following week. But a lot going on in the world of golf. Not only the John Deere Classic, which we will get to in terms of the odds, the fan duel odds, the favorites, some dark horses, the Canadians in the mix. Also, the U.S. Women's Open. We'll have a full preview of that. Brooke Henderson bidding for her third career major championship. Rose Zhang, the betting favorite right now. Betting favorite! 10-1 to right now. Rose Zhang is the favorite. Before we hit news and headlines, I see Bob. Bob, after you take that sip of coffee, how are you? (laughs) Had a little trouble logging in today, but all good now. We're back at it, ready to go, and uh, looks like we're going to survive another smoky day here. Not smoky, smoking hot day today. I love it, boys. It can't get hot enough for me. This is fantastic. I (laughs) I was able to play nine holes last night Uh for men's night, and the... I'm 100%. The shoulder's completely healed. I don't have any strength, but no pain. I can make regular swings all day long. So we're on the we're on the road back. But, Bob, I mean, everybody was complaining about the heat. I was like, turn it up. Can't get hot enough for this guy. <laughs> no, it, yeah, it's it's been hot out there. It's been out there for sure. I was just going to say, Mark, you're, you're only you're not complaining because you're not wearing a 50 pounds of uh, radio gear on your back and That's walking right. around a golf course. And forced into long pants. I had uh, all my lightest Adidas gear on. Uh, I had the Climacool, like the thin shirt, the the uh, the shorter leg uh, golf short. I was like totally ready for the heat and no problem. So, I think we might have to pitch to our, our Adidas to make a sleeveless golf shirt. 
for men. I, I'm not. Sure, I'm not sure. I'm not sure if you guys saw with the last, collar. With the collar, of course. Yeah, with the collar. I'm not sure if you saw last week. We showed on Sports Center a AAA baseball team had sleeveless shirt night, and one of the guys who particularly loves Bicep Day undid about seven buttons on the shirt had no tarp under the sleeveless shirt we called it the best gun gun show on uh, on sports center so anyway uh maybe Love a it. thought for another day when uh, when we have some time to fill anyway lots going on in the world of golf let's start with some news and some headlines news and headlines are brought to you by sandbagger hard seltzer sandbagger everybody knows one well, we haven't had a chance to catch up and recap the Rocket Mortgage Classic because on Monday, given it was the Canada Day long weekend, we ran a best of edition of GTC. And a lot of that show was looking back at Nick Taylor and his great victory at the RBC Canadian Open. And this past Sunday, we almost saw another Canadian win on the PGA Tour. But Ricky Fowler got it done in a playoff over Adam Hadwin, over Colin Morikawa. Mark, you were there on location in Detroit. How impressive was it to see Ricky Fowler make his way all the way back to the winner's circle? Well, I think we all saw this coming. All three of us kind of eventually thought this would happen. Bob and I to the point where we insisted on having him on our TSN Edge team. So we, we Bob and I really thought it was coming pretty soon. Uh, it was it was awesome. I think the difference this time, guys, you know, he you know, technically speaking for me anyway, he checked all the boxes, right? If you look at strokes gain across the board and in, in the five major categories, he's improved in all of them dramatically from last year to this year. So, I mean, technically and statistically speaking, we knew Ricky Fowler was back before this golf tournament. The, the one box left to check was when his back was against the wall and he needed to get it done, he needed to make that shot or needed to make that putt, could he do it to get in the winner's circle? And that's what we haven't seen yet, right? That's the one thing we hadn't seen yet this year. He didn't bring it on Sunday at the U.S. Open and whatnot. This Sunday, every time he had a chance to go backwards on Sunday, <laughs> I mean, 14, if you didn't birdie 14, it looked like you were going to lose the golf tournament. He, he missed a four-footer on, on 14. What's he do? Buries a birdie on 15, bounces right back. Uh, hits it off the beaten path. on uh, Birdie's 18 when he needs to make birdie to force a playoff. Hits it off the beaten path on 18 to, uh, in the playoff and, you know, hits a gem of an iron shot in the playoff to, to set up the winning putt. I mean, he he this time it was the mental test he passed, the emotional pa uh, test he passed. And I don't know, it was awesome to see. Hard not to cheer for him, Bob, right? Like, I mean... He is one of the good guys. He's got life in perspective. He loves being a dad. I mean, he always he always took it in stride. Help was classy through the whole live process. Uh, didn't really say much. Kept his opinions to himself and just went about his business. You got to cheer for the guy. Guy, you, you can go to uh, any PGA Tour event, and no matter how he does, he sits there and signs autographs for... 45 minutes to an hour afterwards. I saw him at the U.S. Open do it every day. The, the autograph area they had for fans was just off where, the, uh, where they would do their stand-up and their interviews. And he would sit there for 45 minutes to an hour, made sure everybody got an autograph. And those are the kind of things that, you know, you make it, makes, you, makes me think anyway of, of Arnold Palmer, of, of a guy who was always there for the people and always doing those things. And I think that's for Ricky. And, and this win may be sort of a somewhat of a surprise to the casual fan, but if you look at his record this year, it's absolutely fabulous. He's got a solid, solid year. 
and now you start thinking about things like Ryder Cups. So that's that's just where I was going. Eight top tens on the season. He fell as low as 185th in the official World Golf ranking when he was at his lowest since that win back in 2019. But now Fowler's 12th on the U.S. Ryder Cup team standings. You know. This guy was a selection back in 2010 as a really young player back at the Ryder Cup. That was, uh, that was years ago, obviously, in 2010. He made a great putt on the 18th hole in a Sunday singles match. So he has, and he's played various other times on U.S. teams. But given the way he's playing, Mark, I mean, you can't ignore this. That The fact that this, is a, this might be a, a bigger question here because he's at 12. Justin Thomas is at 13. Well, I want to ask you guys this, too. Let's look at the guys in front of him. And the two names that leap out at me right now that are in front. Now, keep in mind, the top six are automatic, and then there's six picks, okay? So let's not even discuss the six automatics at this point. Let's assume that they're locked in. There could be some movement there, but let's assume they're locked in. Look at the couple of guys in front of him. Projecting the way Ricky Fowler's playing right now, projecting we have a major, guys, and we still have three playoff events in front of us, right? I think they have to choose. They pick most of the team after the BMW, and I believe they save one pick after the Tour Championship. Sam Burns and Cam Young are immediately in front of Ricky Fowler in in positions 10 and 11. I mean, right now, if we were having the Ryder Cup tomorrow and you had to select between Sam Burns, Cam Young, and Ricky Fowler, I mean, there is no way, there is no bloody way in hell that Ricky Fowler isn't getting picked over those two players. Bob, am I, am I alone in this ship? Or, I mean, is that as slam dunk as I think it is? No, as good as Burns and Young are, they're having off seasons this year compared to what they had last year, which is where they got them to where they are. And they're both sort of, I'm not say they're struggling, but they're sort of wallowing in their... Uh, uh, performances of late and and not what we saw a year ago so sure yeah if you want the hot hand it's Ricky Fowler for sure yes same thing there too you know Sam Burns is five top tens this season but he also has five missed cuts so it's been up and down like a yo-yo for Sam Burns and, and Cam Young's been inconsistent too I gotta tell you you mean the two things there's three things that leaped out at me this weekend one of them we'll wait and we'll talk about later in our TSN edge picks but Ricky Fowler, obviously, again, the winner's circle. And the other thing that leaped out at me was Colin Morikawa. The left side of the golf course, guys, He's and the reason I'm bringing this up is he's nine right now on this list. But you want to talk about guys moving in the right direction versus guys moving in the wrong direction. And Fowler, we're all kind of agreeing, is, is on the upswing, moving towards the one position. Well, I would add Morikawa now to that list as well. He, he told everybody the left side of the golf course is gone now. And that's what he's been trying to work on for like a year. Aim left, hit the cut, and the fade. Where when he was in his prime, when he was winning majors, he'd aim left, it would cut every time. Driver through lob wedge, he could do it with. And then last year, last year and a bit, it was aim left, and once in a while, aim left, hit it left, which is scary for those guys, right? He was hitting fade all day. He made, on the Sunday, 13-footer for par at 11. Uh, clutch nine-footers all day long. The putty hit on the 72nd hole in regulation that he thought was going to be for the outright win. I, we're, we're still trying to figure out how that ball didn't go in. It was tracking into the heart the entire way. I mean, I think in a couple of weeks when we get to the Open Championship, which, by the way, was his last win on the PGA Tour, someone in this, uh, someone on this show might have Colin Morikawa on his TSN edge picks. 
Well, since you guys just pick winners left, right, and center, I might just have to follow you guys, you know, track your emails back and forth and try to get Bob there, but... and I talk separately. It's, a, right. it's called the old guy text chat. Right. It's, we leave you, you have to be of certain age to get into that. You chat. guys sound like a carrier pigeon to each other, like yeah, a fax, exactly. that sort of thing. Yeah. We yeah. text each other on our Nokia phones, oh, uh, flip okay. phones. Is what on we the do. flip phone. Yeah. It takes four business days yeah, to arrive. Yeah. Yeah. No, but Colin Morikawa, you know, he, he missed the cut of the Travelers. I had him on my on my edge team at the Travelers and shot a thousand in round one, and then missed the cut in round two after a sixty three, I believe, by by one shot. So yeah, good good to see Colin Morikawa. Uh, play some good golf but of course we have to talk about Adam Hadwin because you know here's a guy who now five top tens on the season a pair of runner-up finishes he played a lot of great golf especially throughout the weekend at the Rocket Mortgage and Bob I know you had a chance to to speak with Hadwin on Sunday evening what did you take away from that conversation Uh, I think in, in spite of the fact that he didn't get the win I think he was really excited about what happened i think he was enjoyed it he was having fun he walked down the 15th hole and said to his uh caddy joe uh, joe cruz he says uh, you know this is a lot of fun we should do this more often <laughs> says, or why don't we do this more often and joe said well because it's hard but but anyway he's i think he's really relishing the fact that that was the first time he's really been in contention in a few years and we know ricky's story about you know, going through the swing changes and they didn't work and he went back to Butch and all that. Now he's turned his game around. And Adam was on the same sort of path where he went through some big swing changes two, three years ago now and uh, with Mark Blackburn. And he said there were some pretty dark days where he wondered if he had made a mistake. But he said, you know, I, I really kind of enjoyed the good play that's come as a result of that. Don't forget he was the first round leader at the U.S. Open a couple of years ago. He had a top 10 at the Players last year. You know, he's played some good golf as well. He just hasn't got that win. He does, I think he does really, really want to win uh, badly because he wants to join the other gang of four right now of the Canadians. So um, I think he's, he's in a good place. He took, uh, took positive results from it all. And the one thing that was interesting, I said, do you, do you ever go back and look through the 72 holes and think, you know, one shot, one swing, one putt? And, and he says, no, he says, you know, that's, that's a hole you don't really want to start going down. So I think that's pretty wise. He's taking big picture and it's a good way to do it. Think about that, guys. Like what Bob just said. Like wants to join those other four. We came. We came within one putt of having five individually separate PGA Tour winners this season from Team Canada. I mean, uh, forget the narrative of oh they're playing great and they're there every week, but now we need to start getting wins. I mean, I have no doubt we're going to have another win this season, and maybe if you include this year, like past the the FedEx Cup, uh, possibly more than one win coming I, I i i firmly think that is a very realistic occurrence i spoke to adam like super super quick on the 18th green after the playoff because on on radio in a playoff we you know uh, we try to get obviously the winner's interview and if someone's willing to talk from the opposite side of the spectrum we try to grab so obviously i grabbed adam because it was not very natural we left colin alone and adam was just very quick and the one thing he said to me it was really interesting he said this time of year i typically struggle I, I play horrible in, in, you know, end of June, into July, into August. It's been a tough time of year historically in his career that he likes spring. He's always played well. Valspar, Desert, the 59 at Bob Hope, blah, blah, blah. And he said it's really super encouraging to see those kind of numbers and this kind of performance this time of year. He said, so it's really like, hey, if I can do it this time of year, 
you know, when I get to the part of the schedule that really fits my eye, so to speak. But yeah, anyway, all, all good. Yeah, all good for Hadwin, who is back in the field this week at the John Deere Classic. And right now on FanDuel, odds are really moving around this morning, which we'll get to a little later in the show. Hadwin tied for the fourth shortest odds right now to win at 28-1 to on FanDuel. On the other side, speaking of Canadians looking to get back in the winner's circle, Brooke Henderson in the mix. She's playing this week at the U.S. Women's Open at Pebble Beach. You'll love to see that on the other side. We'll preview the U.S. Women's Open. This segment of GTC was presented by TaylorMade and the TP5 and 5X. Try it. What's the best that can happen? This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by TaylorMade. This segment of GTC is brought to you by JPSM Golf, offering Canada's largest selection of electric golf trolleys. Good for your score, good for your health. Visit JPSMGolf.com to find a trolley that fits your game. JPSM Golf, Canada's premier electric golf trolley specialist. Well, speaking of JPSM Golf, I know we are going to be running something at some point very soon about some JPSM Golf products. Mark, care to give us a little teaser, or should we just wait and watch yeah, it? No, I, I went and saw Joseph McLucky yesterday uh, from JPSM Golf out at uh, his showroom in Pickering, Ontario here. And uh, there's this cool. he's got this cool product called the Flat Cat. Which, which is one of the main reasons why I went out. You guys got to see this thing. When you fold it up, it's literally the width of like, I don't know, like a briefcase. It's crazy. It could slide under your bed. I mean, uh, he, uh, it, if you have like a two-seater convertible, it goes, it can fit in the trunk. I mean, this thing's not super light and it's all a motion thing. When you walk behind it, it senses you, it goes forward. And when you stop walking or step aside, it stops. I mean, you just don't touch the thing. It's really cool. Very cool. Yep. Wow. Okay. Yeah. This sounds awesome. I look forward to yeah. seeing this in action. Yeah, you can cool. see this on an upcoming uh, edition of GTC. But this week, it's a big one on the LPGA. It is the U.S. Women's Open, and it is at Pebble Beach. Bob, before we get into some of the players, how awesome is it to see this tournament at Pebble Beach. It's great. You know, the women are starting to get some access to some of the courses that we have seen as being amongst, let's say, quote unquote, the greatest in, in, uh, in golf. And, and we're now seeing some uh, results of what this is going to be a string going forward of some really nice spots where they're playing. And Pebble Beach is amazing. Um, they're going to play it at about six, just over 6,500 yards, a little under 6,600 yards. So it won't be long by any means, but for, by their standards, that's pretty good. And, uh, I'm looking forward to seeing how they handle it. The, the reviews so far from the players, I mean, you go on Instagram and every single player either has a picture on the 18th tee or, you know, somewhere along the 7th or anywhere along the, the ocean side. You're seeing all these beautiful shots of them. So obviously they're, they're loving uh, the chance to play this great course. Yeah, it's one of the most picturesque courses, and as you guys know, I, I got to play it in September on a bucket list trip, and I'll definitely be reposting a photo or two throughout the week from Pebble Beach. Mark, for you. Uh, just your perspective on the U.S. Women's Open being held at Pebble Beach. 
yeah, I'm with Bob. It's like this is probably long overdue. Hey, Bob, are, do do we know why? I'm assuming it's the venues that have said we don't want to do it. But but do we know why, from a USGA perspective, they have they never went back to the well on aligning the men's and, and the ladies together? Do you remember the year of Pinehurst? I thought, I thought that was the be- yeah. I thought that kind of really lifted up the the women's U.S. Open and gave it like a, a like a lot of sizzle, a bigger spotlight. I really liked the two way. I like the U.S. Open version of a Wimbledon fortnight. Is what I'm trying to say. I, I understand that the reasons were twofold. One was that the you're going into a market with the same event or like two events of the same back to back essentially. So ticket sales make it a little bit more difficult when you want to have an event like the women's open you want to own that town you want to be the only game and going on in the show it makes it much easier to sell tickets and corporate sponsors and then the second part was that uh let's face it a golf course gets pretty beat up during a men's u.s open and then you get the women on there and uh, they're playing into some divot farms because you know their tees and their landing areas are the tees are moved up obviously from where the men play but the landing areas are pretty similar so I think those are the two things that I heard. I don't know for the primary reason. It seems to make sense to me that you could do it somehow like that, even if you had a, a venue where you had two courses, maybe have women on one and men on another or something. Maybe like, you know, uh, I don't know, you can think of a whole bunch of places I'm sure where you could do that. But anyway, Pinehurst would be a good, another good place to go back and try it again. I was just going to say that Pinehurst has, what, eight courses in there, so you never know. But and yeah, that was just cool, got Mark. the reno, right? Adam Four got the, got the reno where they... You know, they ripped out all the rough and exposed the uh, native area underneath in the sand. So it looks very similar to two. I mean, how good would that? They're both on the same property, same clubhouse. So it's not like some of the other courses that are, you know, spread out throughout the community of Pinehurst. I mean, it's a no-brainer. Once again, if they just came to Golf Talk Canada, we could really fix this in about a six-minute segment. And yeah, exactly. Time. And, you know, you mentioned Pinehurst number four. <laughs> I actually got to play it shortly after the reno with our good buddy Jeff McDonald as well. So if he's That's listening, right. we, we got to poke it around there a couple of years ago, which is I'm, I can't wait for the U.S. Open. Jeff there. McDonald uh, wants us have us out to uh, Deer Ridge, gents. We got to oh. find a date on the calendar oh. that lines up where we can all get out to Kitchener. That is apparently one very good sure. golf course i've never played it i'd love to play it well we'll have to discuss what the partner situation will be for that but we'll get well, to obviously that you adopt uh, mr mcdonald and uh once again try to go outside the the realm and uh, outside the circle to try to take st- town wixino which has only been done once <laughs> or twice twice what i think we, twice four hundred and eighty two thousand and two, right yeah, it's yeah. Bob and I are forty. It's forty four hundred and thirty two and two now. Okay. Well, anyways, uh, <laughs> okay. we'll we'll get to partnering and matching a little later uh, in the show. But in terms of uh, this week, uh, on the professional scale, the U.S. Women's Open, we have Brooke Henderson, who who has three career top tens in her U.S. Open career. U.S. Open career, and sure, her season, call it inconsistent, call it weird, call it different, call it what it is, but. Bob, when you look back at her last couple of years, her record in the majors has been flat out consistent. What are you expecting from Brooke this week? Uh, I, I'm expecting some good things from her. Obviously, she loves major championships, as you said. I had a chance to exchange some questions with her via text last night, and she's just loving Pebble Beach. She just thinks it's like the most amazing place in the world, and she's still she's the she's the most optimistic person. Like I think a lot of golfers are pretty optimistic on. on 
Wednesday or Thursday, you know, not so much on Saturday and Sunday sometimes, but she's optimistic all the time. So I think she's looking uh, ahead at some good stuff. We know that she's only had that, she had that win and then she's had nothing, no, nothing else in the top 10 since then, but she still had some good finishes. And we went through, you know, some of her stats where, yeah, she's off a little bit, 5%, say, on driving accuracy. She's off a little bit on greens and regulation. Not huge amounts, and you can see the trends coming back. She's bringing her game back to where it is. And again, it come, might come down to some putting situations. But, I mean, she has not been out of the top 25 in, in her last 12 major championships. That's a pretty remarkable record, really. And in 44 that she's played in her career, including her amateur career, she's only missed, she only missed one cut in a major championship. That's another outstanding stat. So I think she likes majors. I think she likes the, the task that it's difficult and that a lot of people are going to get mentally overridden by, by a major championship. I don't think she does. Mark, for you, in terms of the setup at Pebble Beach, we've spoken at length about how small the green surfaces are, but do you think the way Brooke generally can ball strike and hit the golf ball well, do you think this course is suited well for her game? Yeah, I think uh, I think to Bob's point, the reason historically why her record in major championships is so strong is you just point to one thing. What aren't major championships? Well, major championships typically are not putting contests. You have to putt well, but you can't hide behind bad ball striking, bomb it down a fairway, gouge it to you know, gouge it out with a wedge, and make putts. Like I mean, like we would see a lot of week in, week out PGA Tour, and certainly LPGA Tour. In fact, a lot of the the stronger players on the on the LPGA Tour would tell you on a week to week basis they'd like to see longer, harder, more difficult setups. And they find the LPGA just too easy, and it brings it, it doesn't separate the cream from the crop. I think in majors. To, to Bob's point with Brooks' record, it does separate the cream for the crop because it relies a lot on ball striking. So if we buy into the narrative, which I am certainly believing with her greens and regulation the last time Brooke was out, that her ball striking's on the way back, then I think Pebble Beach is really good for her. I think if, I think if Brooke Henderson uh, is in the top 10 in greens and regulation, uh, come the end of Sunday night, she's going to have a chance to win this golf tournament. And if she's in the top five, she's got a real good chance. If she's not, then it becomes a scrambling contest, and that would concern me a little bit. Bob, would you think that the, that math lines up for you? Yeah, I think I think that's pretty close somewhere in those in those numbers. I think she's got a. She's got to hit the uh, the fairway at a U.S. Open, even though it's you know it, it's, this is just like the men's side. It's got some deep rough, and I think she's got to hit some greens. And you know her, we know what her putter. She'll live and die with her putter most of the time. But again, these are as you've pointed out, Mark. These are going to be slower greens, and I have perhaps a little bumpier. But I think they'll be allow her to sort of be a more aggressive with her putter. You can hit it a little firmer. Hopefully, she can hit it firm enough. But I agree with you on those numbers. I think, uh, I, think, I think the big advantage she has, too, is also the mental side, where if she gets, she's going to be tough, tough, tough to beat if she gets in the hunt down the stretch. Yeah, totally. Has anybody seen the forecast? Is it hot? Because the reason the, 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 the pebble sometimes gets so hard to make putts, because it's not hot, is it? No. That's what I was going with here. You know, the reason that typically on the Torrey Pines, Pebble Beach, etc. Now they've improved the greens a lot through technology and whatnot over the years and what they can do with these surfaces. But POA only gets killed if you get heat, right? You got to burn it out. 
and it never gets hot enough in California. The coldest, uh, was it the coldest winter I ever spent was a summer in San Francisco, right? So, I mean, the, the POA is going to thrive. And in the afternoon, it's going to be putting on, on broccoli. Uh, yeah. And you just don't make putts. Yeah, it looks like the highs are sort of in the low 60s Fahrenheit, sort of in the 16, 17 degrees Celsius, uh, with not much uh, rain at all in the forecast. So we shall see what the U.S. Women's Open brings. Can't wait to have a full recap of that next week. Brooke Henderson right now 34-1 to 1 on FanDuel to win. On the other side, we're going to turn our attention to the John Deere Classic. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC, presented by TaylorMade, was brought to you by JPSM Golf. Offering Canada's largest selection of electric golf trolleys. Good for your score. Good for your health. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by TaylorMade. This segment of GTC is brought to you by WeatherTech Canada, Canada's leader in automotive accessories. Visit weathertech.ca. Welcome back inside Golf Talk Canada. Scully, Weeks, Zacchino all around. We are on from now until noon right here on TSN 1050. You can watch us again, TSN 4 at 1 p.m. This week on the PGA Tour, it's the John Deere Classic, and this is the second straight non-designated event. So, I mean, the field at the Rocket Mortgage was better than it has been in the past. But given the, the schedule that we are ramping up into with the Genesis Scottish Open, then the Open Championship, you know, the field is, is sort of is what you would expect it to be this week. And I, I'm looking back at fond memories of the John Deere Classic and David Hearn in that playoff in 2013 against Jordan Spieth, Zach Johnson was in that playoff too. Bob, what do you remember most about uh, about that uh, that playoff? Oh, I remember David Hearn having this uh, short putt to win it all on the first playoff hole, and Zach Johnson had actually was actually on the side taking his hat off, ready to go out and congratulate him, and uh, unfortunately missed it, and Jordan Spieth ended up winning that, and poor David Hearn uh, didn't get his career win, and uh, it was the start of something big for Jordan Spieth. Well, it wasn't ever, and, and Jordan Spieth hold out that shot in the bunker. That thing was going in the water. I mean, I'm a little biased saying that. I was. That was one of the first main highlight packs I was actually writing for SportsCenter back in the day. You know that it's uh, which was a lot of fun back in back in that day. So, uh, David Hearn, close call at the John Deere Classic. Okay, looking ahead to this week. Now we have uh, looking at the betting odds. I should say uh, Russell Henley, the new betting favorite right now. At plus fourteen hundred, Cameron Young, sixteen to one, along with Denny McCarthy, and then there's that big jump: Adam Hadwin and Ludwig Aberg at plus twenty eight hundred. Mark, you got to see Ludwig up close last week in Detroit. We've heard great things about him. It seems like Luke Donald's pretty keen on him too. But from your own eyes, what did you see from Ludwig Aberg? Hits it a mile, uh, can hit the cut all day long when he feels like it, uh, hits his long irons like gazillion stories in, in the sky, which all the best players in the world have typically always been able to do, hit those long irons higher than the average PGA Tour player. Um, I was shocked when, you know, I know we're going to get into this a little later in our TSN Edge picks, but I mean, 
I was think it was Jason Sobel. No, it was Michael Collins uh, from ESPN and SiriusXM told me that when they had him on, he says, I don't feel comfortable yet on the PGA Tour. So he's going, you know, T25, T24, T40, three for three cuts made, doesn't know any of the golf courses and is nervous when he plays. I mean, so if this is if this is the nervous guy who's not comfortable, who doesn't know the golf course, look out for this kid. Very special talent. Looking at the temperature and weather, guys, we've got a mix of sun and cloud all day, uh, all four days in Silvis, Illinois. Uh, temperatures between 25 and 28 degrees Celsius, and a little sprinkle of rain overnight on Saturday. So hot, humid soft, uh, I think we're in for another 25 under or something like that uh, at the John Deere. And you mentioned it right there, you know, soft conditions, birdie fest, so scoring average, birdie average, strokes gain approach, some big numbers that are going to be crucial this week. We're going to give our TSN edge picks a little later in the show. But, Bob, I want to go to you about Cameron Young, who is tied for the second shortest odds at plus 1,600 right now. And here's a guy who really broke out last year on the PGA Tour. Still hasn't won, but had some close calls. The majors, one shot out of a playoff at last year's PGA Championship. Runner-up finish with that eagle on the 72nd hole at the Open Championship. Made the U.S. President's Cup team, but this year, three top 10, 17 starts. Caddy change. Are you surprised to see Cameron Young that he hasn't really taken that next step? Yeah, I think so. I think we were all sort of a little bit shocked that... uh that his game has kind of struggled in, in where it was. But, I mean, if you look at where it is, it's, his, his numbers are pretty good compared to last year with one exception, and that is stroke gain putting, where he is absolutely horrendous, 177th on the strokes gain putting number. And I'm just checking what he was last year. It was, it was, it was a uh, 68th. So that's a massive drop in terms of getting the ball in the hole. And you can kind of, when you watch him putt, um, it almost looks like you can see the confidence just starting to flow out of his out of the top of his head. It's just starting to sprinkle out, and he's he's a little bit like Scotty Scheffler, where he's just trying to find some answers, trying to find some kind of solution to why I can't get this putter to work after it worked pretty well last year. Yeah, it's been fascinating to watch Cameron Young. I was high on him heading into the PGA Championship, and he ended up playing the wrong ball at one point, missed the cut by a bunch of shots. But Cameron Young right now, the second shortest odds, tied for the second shortest odds at plus 1,600 for the John Deere Classic. We'll have our TSN Edge picks for the John Deere a little later in the show. But coming up on the other side, we're going to switch gears a little bit. We're going to go one-on-one with Mac Boucher, the most followed Canadian golfer on social media. That's coming up next this segment of gtc presented by TaylorMade was brought to you by weathertech canada canada's leader in automotive accessories this is golf talk canada presented by TaylorMade this segment of gtc is brought to you by play golf myrtle beach home to 80 great courses 60 miles of sandy shores endless dining and entertainment Visit PlayGolfMyrtleBeach.com to start planning your golf trip today. Back inside Golf Talk Canada, Adam Scully, Bob Weeks, Mark Sakino. Well, if I were to ask anyone the question, 
Who would be the most followed Canadian golfer on social media? There might be some pretty obvious answers for those who play golf professionally and have won many tournaments, whether it's major championships or big-time tournaments. But no, the answer is actually Mac Boucher, who has 272,000 followers on Instagram. And this is quite a story. So I recently had a chance to catch up with Mac talking about how he has gotten to where he is and what's next for Mac Boucher. Pleased to be joined by the most followed Canadian golfer on social media, Mac Boucher. Mac, how does that sound? It's pretty cool. It's definitely pretty surreal, considering I've only been at it for a short amount of time, yeah. but uh, not something I expected to happen, but here we are. Okay, so you mentioned a short amount of time. How did this all begin for you? So during COVID, I moved back from New Zealand. Uh, I was there full-time teaching at a course in Queenstown. Absolutely loved it. Thought I had my life figured out. Obviously, the pandemic kind of threw a curveball at me. Uh, I was forced to move back to Canada. Kind of just needed something to fill the void. I'm a creative person, just needed something to keep my mind kind of active during COVID. So I started slamming out these videos on Instagram, just as something fun to do. And then it kind of just started snowballing a little bit. And I'm like, hmm, it could be a little bit of an opportunity to turn it into something, so. And you were in Dubai when things really kicked off, is that right? Yeah, so I was over there um, kind of, I guess, December 2020, I went over there just because I'm like, Toronto shut down, couldn't teach indoors. <laughs> I was teaching at a little facility in Toronto, TXG. And then, um, yeah, it was, uh, just went to Dubai as a, on a whim. So. Wow. And then here we are. Here we so are. you mentioned teaching. So you've also taught uh, both in New Zealand and in Toronto. Is that, is that correct? Yeah. So I was, um, New Zealand's kind of where I really started teaching okay. full time. Okay. Um, and then when I moved back, I actually taught, I was a head teaching professional in Skoka Bay Club mm. um, for a bit before I went to, to Dubai. And then I was yeah. teaching at TXG in the wintertime, just indoor facility allowed me to keep on doing it. So people browse your Instagram, your social media handles, and they think, how good of a player are you actually? So give us, give our audience a sense of your background of how much golf you played growing up. Yeah, so I mean, I picked up the game pretty late. It started quite late compared to like most people yeah. at the level I'm at. Um, I went through a phase where I was, you know, Ontario Am, Canadian Am, qualified for some USGA events as an amateur. Uh, got my card for PGA Tour Canada, my first time going to Q School. Played professionally, realized pretty quick that I wasn't going to make a real career at it. Obviously, professional golf, people don't quite understand how good those guys are. Um, and now I'm just kind of a washed up Instagram guy that just enjoys getting out there. So Okay, I wouldn't put it that far. But now, so what's it like for you, you know, getting the notoriety you're getting now? Like, we're doing a shoot here. We have four cameras set up. You're being recognized everywhere. What's that like for you? So coming, I'm a very introverted person. Yeah. I'm very keep to myself, never been much of like enjoy the spotlight mm -hmm. so that's probably been the biggest adjustment for me is people coming up to me on the street people coming to me at every course i go to kind of wanting to chat and i love it like i get to meet a lot of really cool people but it's it's definitely new to me it's been the hardest part for me is stepping out of my comfort zone and not just crawling into my little turtle shell like i used to so. and, and part of that notoriety is is gaining relationships with companies tailor-made being one of them how important is that your relationship with the tailor-made so tailor-made was great because when i was playing full-time i used to use a tailor-made driver they used to ship me a kind of the head every year and it's a relationship that's pretty cool to see it evolve into what it is now mm -hmm. through every stage I was when I was uh, uh, teaching full-time I was on the staff deal with them so I have been using the TaylorMade clubs for a while and it's, it's pretty cool that they've kind of stood stood by me through each kind of uh, era of my my golf life I guess mm -hmm. so people see the shots that you hit which we're going to get to shortly but travel is a big part mm -hmm. of your life now do you have a bucket list course that you haven't quite gotten to yet um, I'm not sure if I have a bucket list course. I kind of like just 
take it as it comes each day and um, I feel like that way I'm always experiencing courses that maybe are a little bit off the beaten path mm -hmm. maybe ones that aren't on other people's bucket list so that's kind of been the, the way I've gone I feel like I need to play Pebble Beach just because it's Pebble Beach um, I potentially have the opportunity to play Pine Valley coming up Ooh. which I mean, Ooh. I'm not gonna be allowed to video, but it would be a pretty cool. <laughs> you so, could talk all yeah, about, it, talk you, about you it. You certainly couldn't uh, couldn't film there. Uh, that's for sure. So, how about the favorite place you've traveled so far? So, New Zealand's yeah. my favorite place. I yeah. mean, that place has a special place in my heart for sure. Um, I spent a little bit of time the last year there. Uh, I've gone over twice. Of course, Jack's Point is like my favorite place on planet Earth. Really? I just go hang out there for hours, and it's uh, kind of just feels like my place. So, wow. Now we mentioned off the top. You know, you being the most followed Canadian golfer on social media. For you, though, what's next? So, for now, I'm trying to build, I mean, the shelf life of social media, you don't really know. So, for me, it's creating a brand that's got some longevity that can kind of like a bubble that moves with me. Mm -hmm. um, I love traveling. I love, like, the tourism side of golf. So, um, getting into the YouTube scene, I think, is going to give me that opportunity to really kind of um, have that kind of bubble that travels with me, which I'm trying to... Yeah, and, and for that too, like this, this this new YouTube era of golf, if you will, you get to see all these younger people in a different light. Like we've watched golf all, all of our lives on Saturday, Sunday, and you don't really get to get, you know, don't really get to know the players very for well. Sure. But for this, this is a chance for you to show your personality off, right? Yeah, 100%. I think that's something that I, I have lacked on Instagram. It's, it's a one minute kind of video that I <laughs> cut up and toss it on there. So I think I'm a little bit misperceived on what my actual... Yeah. kind of attitude is with things so YouTube will allow me to express that a little bit more and I mean I'm enjoying stepping out of my comfort zones because it's something new to me and it's it's pretty fun so yeah totally okay so I mentioned you know people scrolling through your feed they see the pro tracer they see the slinging shots how did you start incorporating these shots into your game so I've always been a creative person on the course I was self-taught I did take some lessons I was taught by Sean Foley uh, Connor O'Shea local guy mm -hmm. um, they kind of fine-tuned my basics but I've always had a little bit of a flair of playing a little differently I play for a way that kind of works for me probably doesn't work for others um, maybe it does but um, I think that's the thing with golf is there's so many different ways to play it it's always been very cookie cutter um, <laughs> and I'm trying to show that you can get the job done in multiple different ways I just enjoy being out there now but um, it worked for me when I was playing tournaments it's kind of I have my cues that work for me and that's why I did it so and would you call that slinging hook shot perhaps your favorite yeah, I mean, that's a safety blanket for me. People look at me like I'm crazy, and for me, it's like, I know where my miss is going to go. If I'm going to hook a golf ball, my miss is generally going to be right. So right. if there's water right, don't hook it. If there's water left, I'm hooking it. Well, so. the funny thing, too, is we, we played around a golf together in Los Angeles back in February, and you generally hit a cut off the tee with a driver. That's correct? Yeah, I'm a, I'm a cut with the driver pretty much nine times out of ten. If the wind's off the left, then I love drawing it. Uh -huh. Um, but yeah, for the most part, it's all it's all face. I call it my safety slice off the tee, and then I'm generally a hook with the irons. So it's a little bit a little bit backwards, but it's just something that's always felt comfortable for me. And Tiger Woods, you know, he was really the the he started the stinger, if you will. And you have a different shot with a fairway metal where you tee it up a little high and sting that. Is, is there a name for that? Uh, I don't really have a name for it. Okay. But it's my it's like by far my favorite. Okay. Kind of go-to shot just because it's. Uh, um, so many different variety of flights right. I can put on it. Okay. As someone who is creative, I like to see different flight windows. Okay. So the high T allows me to do that. Well, I've been watching your feed a lot. I've been trying to learn from your feed and you know, I, I'm a decent golfer. I'm about a three handicap. You're a good golfer. But, but, but I want to I wanna learn some of these shots. Sure. So what do you say we go to the range and you teach me how to hit some of these shots? Yeah, let's do it. Yeah, I think it'd be uh, pretty fun to see. I've seen you hit the stinger. I feel like the high T is going to even bring that new element for you. So 
Let's do it. All right, there's my conversation with Mac Boucher. And on our television show, which is already aired, in the next segment, you see Mac and I on the range hitting shots with Pro Tracer. I, he put me through the paces trying to hit that slinging hook shot. And, uh, I, you know, you guys know me. I like to make the odd excuse here or there why I don't pick the right edge team, why I'm missing fairways left, right, and center. Well, it was really windy. It was a left-to-right wind. It was howling. But I will say I hooked a 9-iron about 20 yards directly at a pin. So I, I know I'm looking forward to your, your guys' reaction to seeing the video with Mac. Uh, Bob, I'm not sure. Have you interacted uh, with Mac uh, at all in your in your time? Oh, I, I don't think, think Bob's Bob got his headset in. No, <laughs> Bob, Bob doesn't have his headset. That, that's fine. Uh, Mark, <laughs> do, Mark, do you know Bob at all? I'm sorry. Do you know Mac at all? <laughs> <laughs> I'm dying. I wish our audience could see our Zoom call right now. Chris is laughing. That was top notch radio right there. Here. So, oh, there's Bob. He's got his There's the earpiece. (laughs) (laughs) So I know Mac. I remember meeting Mac at uh, TXG, I believe, uh, a few years back. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Uh, And you know me. I love the shape shots, right? Not to Mac's degree, but, I mean, I'm constantly, you know, a little this. Like, I've never seen a straight golf shot in my life. So I'm looking forward to watching the video and uh, and watching today's show. I missed it last night. I got a PVR, so I'm going to watch it later today. Bob, I, I, I had asked before, uh, have you had any interaction uh, with Mac uh, at all? I have not had any interaction with him, and, but I'm, I'm like Mark. I'm, I'm just sort of amazed at the way he plays golf. It's very Bubba-esque. And, uh, you know, it sort of sounds like he stands over the ball and, and sort of gets creative about what happens with it. And, I mean, to be able to hit, hit those shots, I can hit those shots. I just don't know when I'm going to do it. It's, <laughs> it's for him to be able to do it on call is, uh, is really amazing. I will, I will point out one thing that I wanted to correct from you, Adam, and that you said he is, has the largest uh, Instagram following of any Canadian golfer. I will beg to differ. Mr. Justin Bieber, who is a golfer, has a lot more. Oh. <laughs> but that's, that's not really fair to count. Oh, technicalities here. <laughs> but did we you see, see? But that. But did I don't know if you did you see the uh, greeting yesterday from uh, from Ricky Fowler on July fourth? Yes. Ricky Fowler and Justin Bieber were hanging out together. Yes. So there you go. And uh, the Biebs, By the way, this is another. No, I know we got to go. But another lo- little fact about the Bieber is that uh, how he got his start was also on YouTube. Just like Mac, yeah. he was yep. playing guitar in the streets of Stratford, Ontario, mm-hmm. to raise money so he could go and play golf. So mm-hmm. there you go. What? But anyway, yes, yeah, yeah. He's a, that he's is a big a golfer. Story. He's yeah. a big golfer, but he's wow. not a golfer in the classification. And Mac Boucher, when or Boucher, when you look at his stats compared to any other golfer, Brooke Henderson or you know Adam Hadron, anyway, he's not even close. It's amazing what he's done. Okay, I, I find that, you know, every couple of weeks I really learn something on this show about what, whether it's Mark's love of Brunello or how fast Bob can run a mile. But that fact about Justin Bieber, that's something I definitely did not do. And one final note on Mac before we go to break. I, he posted uh, an Instagram reel of uh, himself, uh, us having a conversation on TV last night. It has 75,000 views on Instagram. It's been under 12 hours. So it's, it's unbelievable that the reach Mac has. And I'm looking forward to doing some more uh, with Mac Boucher on our show as we move forward. Thanks again to Coppinwood for having us up there and to our friends from Team TaylorMade who also arranged and helped set up that interview.
interview. Okay, on the other side, there's a lot of pressing matters in the world of golf. Slow play is one of them. Mark is going to solve slow play on, well, maybe. Maybe? Mark, what do you think? Are, I've got are, a very good idea. I have a very good idea that I don't know why no one's brought it up yet. It isn't 100% going to, you know, like, but I mean, there's no way it wouldn't help. Okay, well, if you're listening live, go pour a cup of coffee, make your favorite breakfast, and Mark is going to solve the world on the other (laughs) side. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC, presented by TaylorMade, was brought to you by Play Golf Myrtle Beach, the golf capital of the world. Thank you for listening to Hour 1 of GTC. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Golf Talk Canada. For show archives, podcasts, and all things GTC, visit GolfTalkCanada.com. And don't miss Golf Talk Canada Television weekly on the TSN Television Network. This is Hour 2 of Golf Talk Canada, presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management. For over 15 years, our focus has been on helping Canadians stay invested in all market conditions, including this one. Why Picton Mahoney? Visit PictonMahoney.com. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Zacchino, Bob Weeks, and Adam Scully. Welcome back inside Golf Talk Canada, Hour 2, the back nine here on GTC. Adam Scully, Mark Sacchino, Bob Weeks all around the table. Busy Hour 2, Davis Lamb, the first ever Monday qualifier on PGA Tour Canada to win that week will join us in our next segments. We'll also make our TSN Edge picks for this week's John Deere Classic. But first... Mark, I have to hand off the microphone to you because you like to think about issues, world issues, golf issues, red <laughs> wine issues, shoulder issues, uh, my shirts are too, too baggy issues, but you have something about slow play that's been burning in your mind that you want to tell the world about. Well, it just came to me, guys, this week, and it's not revolutionary in, in any sense of the word. It's just shocking to me that I've not heard this brought up as a suggestion before, and I'm wondering why. Now, keep in mind, you guys know me well. For those who don't know me well enough, it wouldn't be so surprised that this stems from a very cynical uh, viewpoint of, of, of the world of professional sports. And the one thing that Live Golf did show us is that, with the exception of maybe three or four human beings in the game of golf, that... These uh, people are motivated by nothing other than money, that they will do anything for money. They will sell their soul for money. They will turn their back on uh, what made them multimillionaires to be multi, multi, multi-millionaires, that money does changes everything for them. They make their decisions solely based on money, which theoretically, if we go back to Bobby Jones' time, The difference was between a professional golfer and amateur golfer. And part of the reason why the amateur golfer was held in such esteem compared to the professional golfer is they were playing it for the joy of the game and the the soul of the game. And the, the professional golfer, in a way, was almost dirtied by playing it for the almighty dollar. Well, boy, things have changed in 100 years, haven't they, gentlemen? Okay. So... 
Speeding up the game of golf, I would suggest to you right away, I think we all, do we all agree that range finders, even though they really truly only help when the player is off the beaten path, does help a small degree, right? We just, like even Padraig Harrington said, when I hit it, when he hits it wide, I think we all agree that range finders would certainly help a little bit. Nor do I believe that getting the correct yardage is a fundamental skill set in the game of golf. If it was a fundamental skill set, you wouldn't get a yardage book. You wouldn't have the plates on the ground, yardage plates. If it was a fundamental skill set, you wouldn't get a yardage book, and they wouldn't put plates on the ground with numbers. You'd have to stand there and eyeball it and guess it. Now that's a skill set. Become a human bushnell. Now you got now you've got my attention. Okay? Doing basic math, you know. 158 minus 10 is not a skill set. If you can't do 158 minus 10 into the breeze, uh, then, you know, please, that you've got bigger problems. Okay. Uh, I'm a firm believer in smaller fields. I don't think this 144 is ridiculous. I know why we do it, because some guys have a hard time getting starts on the PGA Tour. I like the number 108 is my number for a standard field size. That would take a whole uh, show for me to tell you why I like 108. But I think a smaller field size would help. But here's my idea. We are giving away this year $100 million in the Players Impact Program to guys who get clicks on their Instagram. Okay, Matt Butcher, we just had on. Matt said in that interview, Social media lifespan, we don't even know what it means. We don't even know what those engagements mean. Can you take those engagements and say, oh, you know, so-and-so gets a million clicks, so that means his his followers are going to watch more golf on the PJ Tour. Those correlations cannot be connected. No one's been able to solve that puzzle. Nobody. Okay? So in North America, we're unlike Japan where we punish uh, Japanese game shows don't reward intelligence. They punish ignorance. And I kind of feel like the PGA Tour uh, is scared to punish ignorance. How? And I know this is going to come up in Winners Weird and What, so this is a good segue. But on the, on the uh, PGA Tour, we refuse to hand out penalties. We refuse to hand out fines. We've, Bob has been screaming about this for, de- for decades. Like, when? why can't we just... The rules are there. We just won't enforce them. Okay. So instead of handing out $100 million to, to players who, who put up fancy videos on their Instagram feed, why aren't we taking that money and why aren't we perf- performance enhancing your pace of play on the PGA Tour? These guys have proven to us, especially in the last year or two, they do nothing for free. They are... Uh, in, in many parts of the world, we would call these people uh, very horrible names, uh, people who just do things for money. We, we will not say them on this show, but they have proven that they are solely motivated by nothing but money. So take that $100 million, take a pool of funds, and instead of punishing ignorance, which you have refused to do for several decades, let's pay performance in speed. If you are in the top third of the fastest players on the PGA Tour, whether you do it weekly, monthly, whether you do it over a season, there are people that are way better than math than I am. Actuaries and and things of that nature that can figure out 
if you're in the morning wave, this is the, this is the pace of play. Afternoon wave, this is the pace of play. In threesomes, this is the pace of play. Twos are, and they can figure out averages, what you should, what, a, what the, the course should be timed at, what, it, you know, so the comparisons are fair and we should pay out this hundred million dollars to the quicker guys. Let me tell you something. When Brent Snedeker at the end of the year is getting a check for $18 million because he's the fastest player on the PGA Tour and uh, Patrick Cantley isn't seeing a dime, maybe, maybe just then, some of these guys will start to pick up the pace a bit. So in my opinion, if you're refusing to follow the rules, enforce the rules, punish slow play, then let's just drop the Japanese game show, pick up the American game show, and start throwing money at the fast guys. Maybe it would just entice these guys to play a little quicker. Thoughts? Uh, my, my first thought is we should have had the Beatles, the long and winding road playing as you were. We went from Bobby Jones to Mac Boucher to uh, the Live Golf Tour to um, Brant Snedeker. Um, but that's why we love you, Mark, first of all. <laughs> Second of all, there is something definitely in there. There is definitely something in there. If you can reward players for playing fast rather than penalize them for playing slow, by all means, I think that there is definitely something in there. And as you said, you know, you uh, put a $50 bill on the pin flag at 18 and say the first guy to get there is going to take it, you know, they'll, they'll be hammering for it. So you're, you're right. Adam? Yeah, okay. Uh, I, I haven't heard a theory like that before and that's what we do here we just we open people's eyes and give them a different perspective a different <laughs> it's, opinion it's smart i i agree now i don't know about 18 million i mean i i think if you took a portion of the of the pip because you know a lot of the world now is treading towards the, the social media era but rage but i think if you maybe took a portion of it half of it and sort of split it down the middle uh, i do like your thought too mark about field size because throughout the West Coast swing, you know, there were five or six, three or four tournaments, I should say, that didn't finish on Friday afternoon. They had to, they couldn't make a cut until Saturday morning because there were so many players and they were taking a month and a half to play 18 holes of golf. It was honestly, it, it was embarrassing. I'll, I'll say that it was totally it's embarrassing. It's ridiculous. And we all know why though they, they don't cut field sizes. I mean, when we're talking about majors and designated events and already all these events that these guys can't get into. And every year we graduate people to the PGA tour, they got nowhere to play. It becomes a real challenge, but you're right. They got to shrink the field sizes, range fighters. And I just thought to myself when I was standing out there in, the, in Detroit, and I'm thinking to myself, well, what's the opposite? What's the opposite of punishment? If we're refusing to punish, then you then the only other option is reward the players that are doing what you want everyone to do. It's the opposite. Now, to your point, Adam, I don't know what the value is. All the all the pif, pit money, half of it, whatever. As long as it is enough money to substantially motivate change. All we're trying to do is motivate change. And unfortunately, we live in a time, and Live Golf sh sh put the brightest light on this for all of us. When we're thinking about the game now moving forward, unfortunately, they don't do nothing for free. 
They're motivated by money, 99.9% of them. Very rare do we get moments like we got a couple of weeks ago at Oakdale. I mean, like at no point when that putt went in from 72 feet did Nick Taylor think about the money he won. It was the last thing on his mind, right? It was the purest form of why the guys do what they do. To break the, the drought, to break the jinx, to win his national championship in front of all his fans. Those moments are rare in our game. Week in and week out, it's people doing things for money. That's all it is. We doing things for money. Well, and to your point too, you know, on live they they put a penalty down on Richard Bland. Well, that's took... what I was waiting for. We're not doing three dub. This <laughs> but, well, we are doing it on TV. We're that's doing it, it on so TV. It. So it's so it's there. Fine. You go. I teased it, but you, but one of you guys had it as your winner, right? Yeah. So so what we actually did, and what you'll see at one p.m. on TSN four, is we took the entire video from start to finish and we sped it up and over it i was saying you know it takes it, it took him 84 seconds to pull a club now i've played valderrama it many people call it the augusta national of europe the place is awesome the place is hard but it's not that hard to take 84 seconds to hit a seven iron like like Good I told you on Seriously. TV, Good Adam, they call him Richard Bland for a reason, not Richard Hot Spice. Okay, so. <laughs> well, I I, uh, I like that. Okay, well, those listening, please chime in on our social media channels. Let let us know if you have any other solutions yeah. to slow play. Hit us what up would it at be? Golf Talk Canada at Golf Talk Canada. Let us know what ideas you have, and let us know. Do you like the idea? If we're not going to punish ignorance, let's reward excellence. Pay the guys like Sneds. Pay the guys that pull the trigger and beat the times each week. Yeah, and I like it. I really do like it. And I, you had said yesterday you were gonna, you teased us. You said you had uh, what you thought was a solution. Why has no one thought it? of this though? I don't know. I mean, you're brilliant. What can I say? <laughs> You know. There's a thin line, Adam, between crazy and genius. Just remember. Yeah, that, that's that's yeah. probably a better way to put it. Yeah. Uh, well, speaking of excellence, uh, on the other side, Davis Lamb, who won on PGA Tour Canada, the ATB Classic, he is going to join us on the other side. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC was presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management. For over 15 years, our focus has been on helping Canadians stay invested in all market conditions, including this one. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Cobble Beach, Georgian Bay's extraordinary waterfront golf resort community. Learn more about their award-winning golf course and growing community. Visit CobbleBeach.com today. Welcome back inside Golf Talk Canada. Well, the latest tournament on PGA Tour Canada was the ATB Classic, and the winner Davis Lamb, who was the first ever Monday qualifier to win that week on PGA Tour Canada. Here's my conversation with Davis Lamb shortly after getting the W. Now joining us, the winner of the ATB Classic on PGA Tour Canada, Davis Lamb. Davis, first of all, congratulations on the win. Adam, thank you very much. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So when you hear that, we're a couple of days removed from the win now, but what are your initial thoughts and, and memories from the tournament? 
you know, it's pretty surreal, man. Um, started off there at the beginning of the week without a spot in the field. Uh, had to go through the Monday qualifier. And then it was a long week after that. Um, you know, tough conditions the last couple of days. Um, so it was it was a surreal experience. Some of the best golf that I've played. And I'm just, you know, frankly, happy to be sitting with here with you now. Absolutely. So, so you mentioned it right there, the Monday qualifier. You're the first ever Monday qualifier to win on PGA Tour Canada. Just hearing that, what's that like? It's cool. Uh, it's not something that I knew. Probably a good thing I didn't know that beforehand. Um, you know, I was just trying to get the job done Monday and then continue it on. So, you know, it's it's a bit of a pain to have to go through the Mondays, but that's just what you get when you don't play great at Q school. So, you know, I had to go up there, put the time in, and it was happy, I was happy to get through it. So you definitely got through the Monday and had a great week. What would you say were some of the main reasons for your success throughout the week? You know, I think it was a course that set up very well for me. There was a premium I hit in the fairway. Uh, for the most part, it took driver out of a lot of guys' hands, um, which in, in general, I'd say I, that I thrive in those situations. Um, but I was just very good this week about sticking to my process. Um, you know, I didn't get too high or too low. Got off to a great start, um, which is always nice on the front nine the first day. And after that, we kind of just kept the momentum rolling. Could you sense your game was trending in the right direction before the Monday qualifier? Or did this really just come out of nowhere? Yeah, it's been it's been good. Um, you know, I played the whole season on Canada last year, played what I felt like was good golf, but never really put it all together for uh, one or two great weeks. Um, just kind of made a lot of cuts and finished middle of the pack for the most part. Um, and then put a lot of work in the off season. Saw some results, but it was moving a little bit slower than I expected. Um, kind of felt like I was turning a corner a few weeks ago when I decided to go up for the Monday um, and then just kind of kept improving all the way through the week. There you go. Now you're, you won by a couple of shots, but I understand your final round was a little adventurous to, to say the least with a couple of double bogeys on that front side. What was it like persevering to bounce back from that? You know, the conditions were so bad on Sunday, um, which I, I felt like I was a little bit uh, fortunate for that because when the conditions are like that, you got no choice but to just focus on what you're doing. You can't really listen to anything on outside because the second you lose focus, it's uh, it's over. So, you know, I was in a good spot going into the round, felt good, got off to an okay start, and then doubles on six and nine were kind of, uh, you know, kind of gut punches for sure. But I knew that, you know, I was still right there. And I think I was maybe three back making the turn. And with those conditions, anything could happen. So, we just stuck to our process. My caddy, Don, and I just worked really hard to stay focused and, uh, you know, played great that back nine and got it done. Yeah, you mentioned the doubles on six and nine. Uh, tell us about the 10th hole, because I understand you hit one of, if not the best shots of your life on that hole. It was pretty much, I'd say, uh, the best shot I've hit in at least recent memory. Um, you know, we had 235 yards into a front pin. There's water left, bunkers right, rough right. So kind of uh, no room for error. And I was toying with the idea we kind of a long wait for that green to clear so a lot of time to think about it unfortunately um was pretty close to laying up just because you know after coming off the double i didn't want to compound the airs i want to just kind of get back into it getting a mojo and then i kind of told my caddy you know i told him something that i can't repeat live on television um but it was just time to step up hit a golf shot so fully committed to uh the golf shot and you know it came off about as good as i could have imagined and rolled up there to about two feet so a great way to start the back nine after a pretty miserable front Certainly one great way to start the back nine. And you went, went on to win the tournament. Then after, so you, you have the trophy, you have the celebration, you some media, you pick up your phone for the first time. What was the reaction like from friends and family? Oh man, it was, uh, it was, it was surreal. I, you know, I, I, I didn't realize how many people I had in my corner until uh, the text all came in and they're, they're frankly still coming in. So I'm, I'm unbelievably thankful for how much support I've gotten um, people from, 
all walks of my life, everyone that's ever helped me get to where I am today. Uh, it was just great to share that with them. That's excellent. So obviously you won, so you enjoyed the week. What was the atmosphere like, weather aside, throughout the tournament? It was sensational. Uh, the fans in Edmonton were great. They were there Thursday, Friday in, in droves. Um, the weather kind of, you know, hindered how many people would be out there. We had a good group of, you know, I'd say between 50 and 70 people walking with us all day, which was a lot of fun. Uh, they brought a lot of good energy. Um, but it was, it was a great event all the way through. The volunteers did a great job. The community did a great job. And now we raised some money for uh, youth on course. So it was just a tremendous week all around. Oh, that's awesome. Now, before we wrap things up, a couple of quick ones here uh, for you. You you went to Notre Dame, which uh, which we don't talk about golf and Notre Dame a lot on this show. Well, I have a personal friend who's actually going to Notre Dame. To, she's going to get there for in a couple of years to play golf. But what was your experience like at Notre Dame golfing? It was unbelievable. Um, you know, I credit a lot of, I mean, almost all of my success to to the coaching and the the atmosphere around Notre Dame. I mean, it's an absolutely special, unique place. Um, you know, when I was in the recruiting process, when I was a sophomore, junior in high school, I you know, had in my head that I wanted to go somewhere south, east, um, you know, good weather, good competitive golf. And Notre Dame reached out and I was kind of on the fence about it. I was like, I don't really want to go to school in, you know, northern Indiana. Uh, my parents convinced me to go out for the visit. And the second I got on campus, despite it, you know, there being a foot of snow on the ground in October, I, I fell in love with the place and couldn't have been happier than my decision. It's a, it's a tremendous place with an unbelievable culture. Um, and I, 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 you know, I miss it every day. Yeah, it's unbelievable culture and one of the most prestigious schools in the world, flat out period. So you're a graduate from that. That's congratulations, man. That, that's that's certainly awesome on that front. But now as a pro looking ahead now, how does your performance this past week change your expectations for the rest of the PGA Tour Canada season? You know, I'd like to say it doesn't change expectations. You know, I go out there every week with the same idea of hoping to win. It definitely makes my life easier from like I went from having no barely any status. So not being able to really plan for my year and essentially having to be ready at a moment's notice to go up and play a golf tournament to now, you know, I'm exempt for the rest of the year in a great position going into the last seven events. So it gives me a little bit of peace of mind. And then obviously when you, you know, win a golf tournament, it just develops a tremendous amount of confidence that you can go out there and then keep doing it. Absolutely. When, well, Hey Davis, congratulations on an unbelievable week for you. Good luck the rest of the season. And who knows, maybe after another victory, you'll join us again right here on golf talk Canada. Thanks for your time. Adam, thank you so much. Awesome story there from Davis Lamb winning the ATB Classic after Monday qualifying for the event, Bob. A couple interesting things I noted in his background. One, and Mark might like this one, he was the junior club championship champion at Congressional. How about that? Your club where you go and play. And uh, he also went to Florida Athletic University after Notre Dame and got an MBA in sports management. So uh, this guy's got some got some smarts as well. Pretty interesting guy. Very interesting guy. And I've said this many times on the show, and I'll keep saying this. It's one of the favorite things that I do, uh, that we do on this show, is speaking to the winners from PGA Tour Canada. Because we see these professionals on TV, on PGA Tour, LPGA Tour, PGA Tour champions. We, we know their stories, but it's cool to, to learn the stories of those coming up in the game. And stories like that, little tidbits like you just gave, Bob. That's uh, that's really cool. Congratulations again to Davis Lamb for his win at the ATB Classic. On the other side, we are looking to make it two weeks in a row. And yes, that is the royal we. What am I talking about? We're talking <laughs> TSN Edge. We're going to make our picks on the other side. This is Golf Talk Canada.
This segment of GTC presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management was brought to you by Cobble Beach, Georgian Bay's extraordinary waterfront golf resort community. This is Golf Talk Canada presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Cadillac, Experience Cadillac. Join one of our agents for a personalized virtual live tour of Cadillac SUVs, sedans, and EVs. Book your tour at cadillac.ca slash live. Welcome back inside Golf Talk Canada. Well, as we always do on Wednesday during our preview show for the PGA Tour that week, we make our TSN Edge picks for the tournament going on and this week we're going to make our tsn edge picks for the john deere classic and like we mentioned earlier in the show not the strongest field for sure given the amount of tournaments that were going on uh, from a designated event scale heading into the u.s open after the u.s open and now leading into the open championship but you guys both had ricky fowler last week at plus 1400 Bob now has seven wins. Uh, Mark has five. Mark, how many did you have last year? Was it eight or nine? It was nine. Okay. So Bob nine. is uh, coming Chasing very history. close to uh, to the nine number. He could break the record and get to double digits. Uh, we got wow. a long way to go, right? Wow. Talk about talk about chasing glory. Chasing now we, chance, we I'm definitely. talking about nine from like the the wrap like the season not the year yep. like yeah the whole wrap around so right. nine from like september to fedex mm -hmm. cup right mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. well you get uh, so i've got bob... through the end of the fedex cup playoffs to to, yes, to get to exactly. 10 exactly or at exactly. least to nine just to yeah. match the uh, and then we start all over again <laughs> and then we started all over again so bob is seven mark has five i have four i'm 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 struggling but you know what that's fine that's fine because the only place i have to go is up from here so i'm gonna take a glass half full approach to that okay bob let's start with you give us your first pick this week at the john deere classic all right i'm gonna go with russell hanley and uh the last two appearances here he's finished tied for 11th and runner up his last four starts and this is kind of why i'm going with him he's uh, finished inside the top 20 he's playing some good golf right now some consistently good golf he leads the tour in driving accuracy, so he puts it in a lot of fairways, which is great. Tenth in proximity to the hole, as you might expect if he's hitting it in the fairway. And he's 24th overall in scoring average. Now, 24th doesn't sound, you know, it's, it's a really good number, but not a great number. But when you consider the depth of the field, he's probably close to one of the best players in terms of that category. So that's why I picked him. I think his overall game is pretty good and uh, uh, looking for a big win here. And right now, the odds have changed uh, because Russell Henley is the betting favorite right now at plus 1,400. When we actually had our initial conversation about TSN edge picks for this week, 24 hours ago, Russell Henley was the third betting favorite. So the odds have shifted. Mark, to you, your first pick. Well, I've got the other betting favorite at plus 1,400 as we speak alongside Russell Henley, which is Denny McCarthy, which is so rare to see a favorite. I've got my FanDuel. I'm, I'm assuming I'm looking at real time. Denny McCarthy never won on the PGA Tour before, so very rarely do you see a favorite with someone who's never won. Obviously, that speaks a lot to the quality of this field. Uh, but look at his, uh, to Bob's point, 
of Russell Henley the last few times he's been out. Denny McCarthy, lost in a playoff, tied for 20th, tied for 7th, nine top 20s this year, large bucket of top 10s this year, uh, was T6 here last year, so likes the golf course, fourth in strokes game putting, one of the best short putters on the PGA Tour. Um, God, you just we all just think it's a matter of time for Denny McCarthy, don't we? And it just hasn't happened yet, so... He's also plus 1,400 alongside Russell Henley, so I'm going to go Denny McCarthy. Scully? You know what? It's interesting looking at the different at uh, – I'm, I'm on both a laptop and a, and a phone looking at the betting book on FanDuel, and they're giving me different odds. Ah, so, okay. Yeah, so I'm, I'm, I'm basically tricking myself right now. I'm going back and forth <laughs> between real so time. So I'm and... on a laptop checking them out, and I got plus 1,400 for Denny McCarthy. What's the phone say? The phone says plus fourteen hundred. The laptop says plus sixteen hundred. So I'm going to go off the phone here. So, so, so you know what makes page. you know what that tells me? If you like Denny McCarthy, bet him on the laptop. <laughs> yes, there you go. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. So uh, to give my first pick, because clearly I need to make some moves here I'll up the TSN Edge leaderboard. I'm also going with Denny McCarthy, and Marky gave a, a lot of great reasons there. Fourth and stroke gain putting overall, first and putting from inside uh, 10 feet. Flirted with the 59 at the Travelers, shot 60 in round one before finishing T7. 11th in scoring average so far this season, as we mentioned earlier. The forecast is supposed to be soft come Sunday and hot, so we're going to see a winning score somewhere I would say in that 22 to 27 under par. I think anyway, I am going with Denny McCarthy off the top. Mark, let's go to you. Give us your second pick. Well, last week, gents, I went with uh, Ludwig Aberg, and uh, I, I'm, I think it's one of those where I went one week too early. You know, uh, three starts as a professional on the PGA Tour, T25, T24, T40. He was right there in the hunt. Uh, with a chance to win that golf tournament last week through 36 holes, and then a weekend of 72-73 kind of set them sideways. I think it's a matter of time for this kid. Um, I, I why not this week against a really weak field? Uh, if you know to grab your first victory on the PGA Tour, uh, I've got him here at. Plus 2,200, according to the FanDuel odds. Uh, Adam's giving me the thumbs up, so it means it's the same on his uh, on his phone as well. So plus 2,200 for Ludwig Aberg. Um, part of this is a hunch, and part of it is, man, someone who maybe has never done it before is likely going to do it this week. Bob, to you. Uh, I got the same pick. I got Aberg as well, and uh, Ludwig to me is just – he's a little bit like kind of a a fire hose with nobody holding it. You know, he's just kind of wiggling all over and spraying the ball and he hits it a mile. He's just got to try and, he's just got to try and narrow everything in a little bit, slow it up a little bit. Obviously when he's, he's only playing in his fourth tournament now as a professional. And I think as Mark sort of described, you know, he hits it a mile, but go, you know, go and find it, bring the rest of that game in there. He's got great collegiate results. I mean, his collegiate record is ridiculous and we know he can hit it out of the park and uh, I think it's just a question of maturity and maybe after four tournaments now he's feeling himself a little bit more comfortable with his surrounds and uh, and can put some focus more on the golf than what's going on around the golf 
plus 2200 for Ludwig Aberg and the things I would pay to have Bob you reenact that thing you just did there with the fire hose if only we were on television yeah just like that <laughs> just like if that was on you know, TV it reminds that me would... of it that remind me of is it I don't know if it's the Simpsons or Family Guy I can't remember the wacky wild inflatable tube guy wacky wild inflatable tube guy <laughs> <laughs> Getting off the rails quickly. Anyway, my second pick for this week. Yeah, I've got a couple different picks here. Shocking, I know. Eric Cole is my next pick. A rookie who's had a very good season so far. Three top tens, most notably, of course, the Honda Classic earlier this year. But he's played very consistently. 17th strokes gained putting, 19th in scoring average. And one thing I really noticed here was that he bookends tournaments really well. 15th in first round scoring average, 10th in final round scoring average. In the middle, it's a lot of meh. So let's see if he can put four rounds together. Eric Cole right now, plus 3,000 on FanDuel. Bob, give us your third and final selection. All right, my last pick is uh, our boy Nick Taylor. And he's making his first start of the year since, um, well, first start back after the U.S. Open. He went home for a couple weeks. Obviously, he has a newborn daughter there spend a little time at home uh he's making his seventh appearance at the deer he's finished made the cut in three of the last four starts he's got a win we know about that this year but he's also got a couple of runner-ups and six top tens on the season and why well seventh in putting average 28th in stroke skiing approach and uh eighth in final round scoring average which is a big number obviously and he's 20th in strokes gained total that's that's pretty impressive numbers i think that may slip by some people we sort of look at that canadian open as perhaps his only uh, big mark this year. But he's playing some really good, consistent golf. And wouldn't it be kind of cool to see him win for the second time? It certainly would. Nick Taylor right now, plus 4,500 on FanDuel value. Mark, give us your third and final pick. All right. I kind of sent you guys off the top of the show that um, there was three things that I saw at the uh, at the Rocket Mortgage that caught my eye. Um other than, so Ricky Fowler being the obvious, uh, Morikawa taking out the left side of the golf course was the second. And the third thing was, the last time I followed Lucas Glover inside the ropes about six months ago, watching him putt inside 10 feet, I threw up in my mouth several times. It was disgusting. Yeah, it was one of the hardest things uh, I've had to watch. And it was sad because uh, T to green, he was striping it. Lucas Glover and he would get on the green with that little blade putter there was no daylight in the backswing there was no transition it was just like this 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 allergic reaction happening on the putting greens and then last week all of a sudden Lucas Glover finishes uh, inside the top five at the Rocket Mortgage Classic I look his ball striking numbers pretty good his ball striking numbers are typically usually good Although this year they were kind of bleeding, the poor putting was kind of bleeding through the bag a little bit. He made a putter change a week or so ago, a couple weeks ago. He went to that uh, that broom style lab putter that uh, Adam Scott's using. Lucas Glover was fifth in strokes game putting at the Rocket Mortgage Classic. I watched him brush in a large bucket of seven footers, fluid, smooth. No vomit, no jerk. Uh, he is plus 6,000. He is hitting it great and now is putting with confidence. 
He won the John Deere Classic in 2021. I, I just okay. want to throw Plus in there our our, fr- like our pal our our pals at D- Data Golf put out a little newsletter every week, and uh, they came up with this stat to back you up, Mark. The uh, performance he did with his putting was his best putting performance in his last 63 starts, dating dating back to March 2021. He gained 1.3 strokes around on a way to a T4 finish. By our estimates, Glover is one of the worst putters in the ShotLink measured world, ranked 420th out of 430 people who have been ranked. So, so you're, you're, making some, so you're making some great observations. Okay, so there's some data from people who know how to crunch the numbers of what I was just seeing with my eye based on what I experienced last year with Lucas Glover to based on what I experienced this week with Lucas Glover. So I think good putting bleeds through the bag and bad putting bleeds through the bag. I think good putting is going to bleed through the bag of the 2021 John Deere uh, Classic champion this week. And plus 6,000 odds, too, for Lucas. <laughs> got to go a little, little higher. We, uh, in commercial break, I'll, I'll teach you how to get, you know, this higher. choir till grade five. I'm you too know, old that, to get up there, Adam. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Anyways, my third and final pick, Emiliano Grillo at plus 3,100. Tied for second at last year's John Deere Classic. He won this season on the PGA Tour about six weeks ago at the Charles Schwab. Four other top 10 finishes. 11th in total birdies made. 321 so far. Uh, I think it's going to be a birdie fest this week. I love Emiliano Grillo plus 3,100. Value! See, there you go. The diaphragm. Yeah, yeah. Get ready. Anyway, we'll have a full uh, tutorial on that uh, on the other side. No, we won't. On the other side, we're going to update you on leaderboards throughout the world of golf, where tours are playing, and 20 weeks of TaylorMade. It is continuing this week with a couple of really cool prizes. All that and more coming up next. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC, presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management, was brought to you by Cadillac. Cadillac. Experience Cadillac. Join one of our agents for a personalized virtual live tour of Cadillac SUVs, sedans, and EVs. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Adidas Golf and the ZG23. ZG23 continues to push limits on lightweight performance footwear with introduction of LightStrike and LightStrike Pro technology. They're light. They perform. They're here to compete. Visit adidas.ca slash golf. Talking with our friends from Adidas, we have a cool giveaway coming out at some point very soon on social media. Stay tuned to that. You won't want to miss what we're giving away soon on social media. Time now for some leaderboard updates. Leaderboard updates brought to you by Bushnell Golf, the number one rangefinder in the world of golf. Check out bushnellgolf.com. Let's start PJ Tour Champions. No event this week, but Bob, last week, Bernhard Langer, he's back and he just keeps on keeping on this is just so impressive to watch isn't it it's pretty cool 65 years old won for the 46th time past hale Irwin to hold the record for pga tour champions victories 46 wins on that tour and we know that the shelf life generally speaking is pretty slim uh, you get you know five to seven good years and there's some outliers obviously stephen ames 58 is having one of his best seasons with three wins 
But Bernard Langer, I mean, his body is a temple, and uh, sort of like you, Mark. <laughs> Bob, do we think that he can get to 50 wins? Yeah, sure. I mean, he's going to play till he's 70, right? I mean, I think he gets to 50. I think this is unbelievable that he could get to 50 wins. It's crazy to watch. He's, he, it's, uh, it's inspiring, really, to watch what, uh, what Bernhard Langer has done. PGA Tour, John Deere Classic uh, going on. You can see coverage on TSN+. And you can see Bob and I on uh, Three Handicap later this afternoon as well. U.S. Senior, uh, US Women's Open, I should say, excuse me, at Pebble Beach going on starting on Thursday. You can watch all four rounds on TSN for the U.S. Women's Open open and mark right now the betting favorite is rose zen this is ridiculous isn't that nuts listen i i believe in these this young woman i think she's going to be an absolute superstar and what she's been able to do in in two professional starts is absolutely exceptional but to walk into your first u.s women's open as a professional when you've got the field assembled that we have here on this golf course and be the betting favorite i mean Back in the day, in the two thousand, in the in the early two thousands to mid two thousands, we'd call this New England Patriots money. What do you think about that, Bob? <laughs> well, interestingly enough, Zhang is going to play uh, the first two rounds with Brooke Henderson and Lydia Ko. So, uh, talk about women who know things about being phenoms. Uh, remember, Lydia Ko won the CP Women's Open at what fourteen or fifteen, and Brooke was winning when she was fifteen. So. Maybe they can help Jang along. She's a little older, obviously, and, very, and, and she's quite accomplished as well. I can't wait to watch that. Coverage begins 4 p.m. on TSN4 for the U.S. Women's Open. Guess what I'm not doing this weekend, guys? Covering a golf tournament. Wow. Yeah, baby. <laughs> wow. I'll be on my couch Sunday afternoon watching golf like everyone else, not and, and eating something wow. I shouldn't. <laughs> Look at you. I'm so, Mark, I'm so excited for you that you have a weekend <laughs> off to, you know, unplug for a little bit. That, my friend, is awesome. Uh, speaking of awesome, 20 Weeks of Taylor Made continues throughout the summer. This week, we are giving away two wedges, MG3 or high toe. Your choice. All you have to do, it's easy. GolfTalkCanada.com. Sign up for our fantasy pool. It's free. This season, we're giving away over 40000 dollars in tailor-made product mark are you an mg3 guy are you a high toe guy in i got an mg <clears throat> excuse me i got an mg3 uh, in the bag and uh in, your, in detroit in your throat you got an mg3 i got yeah and in detroit um i saw in some bags mg4 wedges <gasps> secret there you go so okay. there you go. So it's on its way. I'm sure what I saw was a proto, prototype, what I saw. But it's already out there. If you Google it, it's all over social media because people were taking photos of it in the bag in Detroit. But, yeah, I'm an MG3. I got the MG3. You're high toe, aren't you, Skulls? Uh, yes, I am currently. Where are you, Bob? I've, done, I've had both. High toe. I've got the high toe, and mine are rusting out nicely. I, could, mm -hmm. got a, I love my wedges, actually. Beautiful. 
Well, for our audience, you can win two wedges in 20 weeks of TaylorMade. Well, that wraps up our first leg of GTC this morning. Coming up in about an hour on TSN4. You can watch us again where we'll look back on Ricky Fowler's win. We'll preview the U.S. Women's Open. And we go one-on-one with Mac Belcher. Gents, thanks for a very fun morning. Thanks, boys. Have a good one. Really enjoyed it as Thanks, always. everybody. Thanks to all those who listened. And remember, the first good decision for the golf course always starts in the closet. This segment of GTC presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management was brought to you by Adidas Golf and the ZG23. ZG23 continues to push limits on lightweight performance footwear with introduction of Lightstrike and Lightstrike Pro technology. They're light. They perform. They're here to compete. Visit adidas.ca slash golf. Thank you for listening to GTC. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Golf Talk Canada. For show archives, podcasts, and all things GTC, visit golftalkcanada.com. And don't miss Golf Talk Canada Television weekly on the TSN Television Network.